0: Ezekiel 28. Is that where we're at? I think so. Let me see. Let me me jump ahead. Yes, Ezekiel 28. Origin stories are big in blockbuster movies these days. We want to know where the superheroes and villains come from. What makes them tick? One of the best in recent memory has to be the way director Peter Jackson portrayed the transformation of Smagol into Gollum. in. The Return of the King. It didn't take hardly any time at all. It was a beautiful uh, rendition of that. I must admit, I'm a little tired of the origins of Batman. There's a new show now on TV. I don't know if you saw Gotham. And I had to endure the opening of that where Bruce Wayne is a little boy loses his parents again. much angst with Batman, but that's just me i'm not a happy superhero like the tip or somebody like that anyway satan has an origin and we want to take a brief look at it after all no series on spiritual warfare could be considered complete without it satan is an angel we know that from the book of Job, where he comes to present himself before god with the other angels to talk about the origin of satan then we need to mention the origin of angels Jesus Christ is the creator of all things, including the angels. The eternal son of God was the cause of every creature. It says in Colossians 1 16, for by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. Each angel is a direct creation from God. They don't procreate as humans do. Perhaps this is why they're sometimes called the sons of God, it confuses people, but um, they were uh, directly created by God, and in that sense, they are his sons. Psalm 148 verse two, angels are commanded to praise God, and they are included with other creations in verse five, where it says, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. It seems the angels were all created at or near the same time. The exact time of their creation is not certain we're not told but we know that all the sons of God shouted for joy at the creation of the earth and that Satan an angelic creature appears in Genesis 3 from this we conclude that God created all angels before he created the earth all angels were created in a holy state but we know that Satan fell from that state enticing one-third of the angels to fall with him Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Jesus speaks of hell being a place prepared, he says, for the devil and his angels. Revelation twelve four depicts Satan's fall, saying he drew a third more with him. And so we're on good, solid ground, uh, saying that <laughs> the devil led a rebellion of one third of the angels. Uh, angels are according to their nature, termed holy or elect or evil or unclean. According to their allegiances, they are called the angels of God or grouped with the devil and his angels. Uh, the dragon and his angels. And so now they're in two groups uh, and um, it, we, we get from the Bible that they are unredeemable. Uh, once they made this decision before the creation of the earth either to obey God or rebel against God, now they are not redeemable. The elect angels, the holy angels remain holy for eternity and uh, the devil and his angels have no opportunity to what we would call repent and be redeemed now let me pause for a moment and say something about the name satan when satan first appears in the bible he is not named in genesis he's the serpent who tempted eve to disobey god in the garden of eden he next appears in job and is described as satan but not as a proper name it was the common word for accuser thus in job he is literally the satan so in the first two chapters of job we looked at this a while back it says, "The Satan came." Uh, the accuser came." And over time, he began to be called Satan as a proper name, because he is the leader of this rebellion. He is the chief accuser. Satan is not mentioned all that much in the Old Testament. He's in the garden. He comes against Job. He's mentioned directly in Zechariah chapter three, verses one and two, and then in Second Chronicles. Chapter 21, verse 1. Now, these few mentions aren't meant to minimize him as an adversary. Quite to the contrary, as we've seen in our series, the Bible is a war story as Satan seeks to undermine and overthrow God's gracious plan to create and then redeem and then glorify a race of people who freely love him. Satan is always behind the scenes, robbing, killing, lying, destroying, devouring. So where did he go wrong? While modern scholarship tries to minimize it, Most solid evangelical scholarship looks to a passage in Ezekiel To draw back the curtain in terms of the origins of Satan or where he went wrong We would say it's Ezekiel 28 1 through 19 where I've had you turn Here's how the chapter breaks down in verses 1 through 10 God announces judgment upon the human ruler of Tyre t-y-r-e in verses 11 through 19 God seems to be talking to Satan even though he's still addressing the ruler of Tyre. God was addressing a man, the ruler of Tyre, the whole time, but in the later verses, he was revealing the motivation behind the man, and it was Satan. And so there's two things going on here at the same time. Remember in the book of Daniel, we learned that there can be satanic powers behind the rulers of the nations of the earth. We read there about a demon who was the prince of the kingdom of Persia, Who withstood gabriel until michael the archangel came to fight with him and then gabriel spoke of the prince of the kingdom of greece who would come and so uh, it's not unusual that there would be uh, satanic principalities demons behind these human rulers and that's what we see here with the prince or the king of tyre it's a your bible might say prince it might say king it might use them interchangeably which it can same same office Uh, And so uh, God takes the opportunity to tell us about Satan uh, while he's addressing the king of Tyre. So verse one, the word of the Lord came to me again saying, son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you're a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. Uh, The prince or the ruler of Tyre at this time in history was a guy named the II. Uh, with a name like that I don't see why he was so proud But anyway If II. the Did he really think he was a god? Probably Ezekiel 28 3 Behold you are wiser than Daniel There's no secret that can be hidden from you I like this because it's sanctified sarcasm um, We have to be careful being sarcastic uh, we, we meaning me You can go too far Hurt people's feelings uh, But uh, look if I'm not making funny I don't love you So uh, (laughs) verse four, with your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom in trade, you have increased your riches. Your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, therefore I'll bring strangers against you, the most terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom, and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Who will you, or excuse me, will you still say before him who slays you, I'm a god, but you shall be a man and not a god in the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Absolutely love that scene in the Avengers movie when Loki says he's a god and the Hulk grabs him and tosses him about like a rag doll and says, puny god Uh, it's awesome it's just this is exactly the kind of illustration in fact let's just see that right now no I'm just (laughs) if we were a really hot contemporary church I'd be showing these clips you know of course you got to pay for that Do you realize when you show movie clips like that you got to pay for it you got to pay for everything in in this society it's crazy who thought of that the king of Tyre would die unconverted die in his sins die eternally separated from God he'd wait in the pit in Hades where he's still waiting for the resurrection of the damned, the second death, to be thrown alive into the lake of fire. Now something else going on behind the scenes, and God began to address Ithabal as if he were a fallen angel. Verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, the diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. Now, the person being addressed is a cherub, or cherubim that's a class of angelic beings in fact as we'll see i think next week it is the highest and most beautiful and most privileged and the most powerful class of angelic beings this particular cherub or cherubim was in eden okay so who is the only other individual besides adam and eve that we read about in eden well it's the serpent and it's satan well, how do we make the leap from the serpent to Satan? That's a question you should ask yourself. Uh, well, we do it from Revelation 20, verse 2, where it says that this another angel is going to come when Jesus returns to the earth, and he's going to lay hold of the dragon. It said, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And so we're, we know, because we've read the end, that the serpent in the garden is Satanized. I, I've got, and I, I like scholarship. Scholarship is good. You know, we're... we're we're pro-scholarship now I've got a book uh, that I've been reading in the background of this by a scholar where you know he's a real careful guy and it's like you know he says okay here if you just if you're in Genesis all you know is that a serpent talked to uh, Eve and and, or that somebody talked through a serpent however you want to put it but you don't really figure out who it is until you get deeper into the Bible and see it comment on itself and so uh, we just want to be careful obviously we know that but want to be careful sometimes when you just assume things uh and you haven't proven them and so we the the serpent uh satan is the serpent we're told in revelation 22. now ezekiel fills in some gaps about satan he was and we would say still is full of beauty not a moral beauty anymore but uh, a physical beauty i don't think he looks like the guy in the fireworks stand uh you know the red devil and uh uh, he was a beautiful being probably maybe the most beautiful of God's created angels uh, We'll see that he was not just a cherub but a, a very important cherub uh, He was created he's in no way an equal with God with the creator He's not like the force or the yin and yang or good versus evil or anything like that Bless his heart Dave Hunt when he was still alive a great apologist if you haven't read a Dave Hunt book lately go get one and read it Uh, He's home with the Lord now, but he he would have conniptions over the bumper sticker that said Jesus is the force. I mean, you know, he would just go crazy talking about, you know, the you know, the force is some kind of demonic concept, some occult concept of good versus evil that yin and yang. And I mean, Jesus is not the force. And and so uh, the devil is not the opposite. Of God, as if they're locked in some kind of mortal combat. Uh, he was created. Timbrels and pipes describe some of, sort of musical ability. I've seen guys get really deep into this and and portray Satan as almost mechanical. You know that that he and who knows? You know, uh, but um, obviously it, it has to do with worship. And Satan is thus said by many to have been a worship leader, uh, maybe the worship leader in heaven. A lot of worship goes on in heaven. We get to the book of the revelation uh, there is a lot of praise uh, constantly around the throne of god as you would uh you know guess that there should be and um you know by the way rabbit trails right it's wednesday night we can go down any rabbit trails we want but uh, uh calvary chapel and other churches like calvary uh contemporary churches always criticized for singing simple choruses and modern choruses and modern music that lacks doctrine and things like that and uh really get we really get hit because of the repetition you know because we're too repetitive in our singing but man we get to the book of the revelation you know there's angels around the throne singing holy 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 is the lord god of hosts over and over and over again maybe some of the contemporary apologists sought to address that let those guys know that their services aren't needed Because they're not really singing doctrine to God, you know So I don't know I, I think there's room for um, a lot of different types of singing we're not a, I, People think we're against hymns I just don't know any You know, I mean, I didn't grow up with hymns I grew up, you know, like many of you grew up With a different type of music for a different generation And so, um, you know So Satan, he had something to do with worship He was in the very presence of God Held a high rank possible to identify the fiery stones with a fiery wall a, uh, around the throne of God in heaven, and if that's the case, Satan would be an inner circle angel. So he's a very important, very powerful, a very beautiful created being. In fact, it says in verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Now without explaining how it happened, God says iniquity was found in him and the clues that we have here as to what occurred in Satan's mind is found in verse 17. Your heart was lifted up because of beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. The trading uh, of verse 16 probably alludes to Satan tr- convincing other angels to join him. And, and so we're getting some picture here of Satan thinking that he was the most beautiful and wise of all the created uh, beings and that he was on some equal par with God uh, and, um, and then having the other angels come along with him instead of following God, And so his sin is a proud heart and self-occupation. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to really extrapolate backwards because that's what we struggle with, is it not? Now that we have the sin nature, uh, we suffer from pride and self occupations And, and, and um, uh, this is what the problem uh, is. And this is what the problem was with him. Reflecting upon his God-endowed beauty, he became enthralled with himself and he was lifted up with pride. Says in verse 18 you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities by the iniquity of your trading Therefore I brought fire from your midst it devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you You you've become a horror and it shall be no more forever now You're thinking what I'm thinking when did this happen and what's he talking about Well, you have to remember Ezekiel is describing both Ithabal, the real man, and Satan, the power behind him. The purpose of the lament is to speak of Tyre's destruction and the king of Tyre. So he began to blend the characteristics of the satanic king with the human ruler. Satan would be cast to the earth, and the king of Tyre would also be cast down before other kings, his enemies. So some of the things that he's saying here have already happened to the king of Tyre, obviously. They haven't happened yet to Satan. Satan's ultimate destiny will be the lake of fire and the defeat and death of the human ruler of Tyre was pictured as being consumed by fire. Both Satan's and Tyre's defeats would shock those nations who had followed them. And so this is where the modern scholars, they should check out and they say, look, you know, he's either talking about the king of Tyre or he's talking about Satan. And we would step back and say, he's God. He can talk about the same, you know, both of them at the same time because we have the complete revelation of God. We know what he means and we know what he doesn't mean. And so when he says, I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you, we know that that hasn't happened to Satan yet, Uh, but it will in the sense of him being thrown, cast alive into the lake of fire. And so um, I think we're on safe ground. Most evangelicals, in fact, all decent evangelicals believe this is in fact a description of the origins of the devil, his evil origins, you would say his origins where he was a created being along with the other angels created all at once in order to praise God. We read a little bit about his duties and his uh, responsibilities and his evil origins were because iniquity was found in him. Uh, God cannot create evil, did not create evil. You can argue all day about what that means. But um, I think we understand what it means, as I said, because we see evil in us as well. Of course, we inherited it from our, our parents. Um, but nevertheless, we understand the kinds of things that, that that Satan was into, and so we're going to see. There's another important origins passage. It's Isaiah 14. It's where we get another name for Satan, uh, Lucifer. But that's going to have to wait till next time. Now we talk about the fall of Satan, but it's more accurate to describe him as falling. I, I really like this better. Though Ezekiel presented the fall of Satan as a single act it actually occurred and is still occurring in stages Satan's initial judgment was his expulsion from the position of god's anointed cherub before the throne god expelled him from the mount of god meaning his position in heaven as already said he still allowed access to god but he's described in the new testament as the prince of the power of the air uh, somewhere between heaven and earth in you know the bible says that there are three heavens that there's the immediate atmosphere around the earth the stellar heavens and then where God dwells and it would seem that now Satan does not dwell where God dwells because he's been kicked out of that position but he still has access to heaven and he's hanging out somewhere in terms of a kingdom uh, in, in the stellar heavens or in the atmosphere above the earth in the tribulation Satan will be finally cast from heaven and from Earth's atmosphere to be restricted to the earth he's actually thrown down to the earth, and it says he has a short time, uh, three and a half years, to wreak havoc. Then, at the second coming, Satan's going to be confined in the millennium to a place called the bottomless pit, uh, and um, chained up in there. Then he's released for a, a period of time to lead a rebellion at the end of the millennium, and then he is cast into the lake of fire forever. And so his career is one of of falling. He he fell. And he's going to continue to fall through history until he hits what we would call rock bottom, and that is the lake of fire. And so here's a wordplay for you. God went on a tire rant against a tyrant, and along the way we learn about our accuser, the devil, that serpent of old, Lucifer. And we'll learn a little bit more about him and uh, some of his cohorts next week. Amen? All right. <laughs>